Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good evening, Razorback fans. Welcome to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast, live from the Sterling Soap and Roastery Studios, part of the Believe in Buzz Radio Networks, where you can hear us on 106.7 in Central Arkansas. All live shows are presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company in downtown Ozark. I'm Porter Hayes, and we're also brought to you by Bet Online. Continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. We're joined by Arkansas Razorback Hockey Club coach Keller Sims via the Meadows Lumber Hotline. Good to talk to you again, sir. Um, heading into the second half of the season, uh, just give us a quick recap how the first half went. You're sitting at 11-3-1, moving into the second half, and just kind of talk about the first half of the season. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me on again, Porter. It's always fun to be on and talk a little bit of hockey with you guys and, you know, um, kind of update everyone with what, we're go- what we have going on throughout the season. Um, this year, a little bit of a slow start for us compared to our normal standards. Um, I think we picked it up really well through the middle of this, uh, the fall semester. And then, um, you know, a tough split with division rival in Missouri state at the end of the season uh, or end of the semester, but, you know, responded well with the sweep of Dallas Baptist to finish it up. Um, so, you know, we've got a young team this year. So a lot of ups and downs, a lot of, uh, you know, mistakes that are correctable and that we have been working to correct. So, all in all, I mean, can't be can't be disappointed with a record like that and being inside the top fifteen. But I think we all know as a group that um, you know we we have an opportunity in front of us the second semester, and we can we can do a lot better, put a better product out on the ice. Well, it's funny we were talking about before we started recording. You know, you're eleven three and one, and you're like that's an, a, a non typical start to your season, and you know. Talk about where your program is. That shows, you know, one of the fans and just the excitement around your team and you keep winning. I mean, been so close to a national championship a few times. Yeah. And, again, you're entering in the second half ranked 12th. But you you mentioned the, you know, the youth. You have six seniors on your squad. So, you know, how has that been an adjustment of not having that veteran-heavy team, but yet you're sitting – really good at 11-3 with, you know, pretty much freshman and sophomore squad. Yeah, it's been, it's been different. Um, you know, I think this is my seventh or eighth season. It's hard to keep track at this <laughs> point, but, um, you know, over the last four or five years, we've had a pretty big Im- impact group of guys with Cameron Mack at D Griffin, Shukasawara, Zach Wilson, um, you know, on and on, Dusenka and Net, and, you know, leaned on those guys heavily, rely on those guys heavily. And then now you come, you know, you come in and there's a lot of opportunity across the board. That was my message in the, in the first, you know, meeting we had is opportunity. Um, And so we have guys, you know, freshmen, you know, sophomores um, 
you know, eating up a ton of ice time for us that, you know, wasn't the case over the past few years. So it's been fun to coach. It's fun. It's been fun to see, you know, our seniors. I mean, you look at Kyle Patterson, Trevor Borlace, um, Kyle Cruz, the captain, you know, they step up big and into those roles and have ran with it, but also to see the new guys come in, um, embrace what we're about, buy into our culture and, you know, kind of flourish inside of our systems and, and in our program. Yeah, adding on to that, you know, you talk about your youth again, two, your three points leaders underclassmen. So, you know, that right. also adds another. And then what I wanted to dive into next, we kind of talked about beforehand was your goalie situation and the casual fan, even including me who don't follow hockey that often, you're sitting with three goalies. Now, is that a normal thing in your club setting, your league setting, where you would rotate – you know, goalies, or is, are you just that deep at goalie where you're able to do that? Yeah, I think it depends um, on the talent that you have. Um, there's definitely teams that we play against that have a clear clear number one um, that plays most nights and especially all division and league games. Um, in the past, you know, I think, I mean, Sam Haynes is a senior, uh, led the, led between the pipes last year in the most starts. Um, him and Grady are pretty close this season. Um, but, you know, when he came in as a freshman, I think he got two starts and the rest were all Joseph Desenka. And so it just kind of depends on the strength of the position. You know, we are, we're fortunate that we have very strong goalies. We have, um, you know, Sam is a senior, but also Grady and Noah back there as juniors as well. So it's not like we're young in between the position or between the pipes. So I like to, you know, obviously roll with the top, um, the hot hand, but, in, you know, as far as Sam and Grady go, I think we have a one a and a one B, um, which really helps those guys, you know, competing every week at practice, um, and, you know, pushes them both to be better. And I think, uh, you know, it shows with the splits that we have that, we're going to go with the guy who earns it, not just the senior or, you know, oh, you haven't started in a rotation in a while, so we're going to go with you. So I think it really helps, you know, our competition in between the pipes. And another big thing when you're building your program, knowing that if you get a couple of guys behind, you know, in the goalie, they don't have to worry about sitting behind a guy. You know, they can sit there and get game time. They can get reps. They can get action and really kind of, builds your program around knowing that the next year you got two guys that are juniors now when Sam's gone that you can put them in there and you're confident and it builds their confidence. They're not just replacing somebody. You're just replacing and reloading your team. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't find yourself in a position where, you know, okay, now these guys are juniors, but they've played, you know, five games up to this point. Um, then you're sitting there where they have to learn on the fly. They haven't had much ice time. Or you go into the offseason like, okay, you know, what do we truly look like here? Well, we know what we have. We know how, you know, stacked we are at the position, so it helps. And, you know, I think it helps with those guys too because since they've been on campus, you know, I haven't gone out and recruited any goalies. You know, we haven't gone out of our way to get goalies on campus because I trust those guys. I know that they have what it takes to get us, you know, to that first program national championship. And I think, you know, even, you know, NCAA sports right now with the transfer portal is wild west. Um, but you know, club, club sports, club hockey, especially can be that way too. Um, so I think it's great kind of twofold. I have confidence that, you know, we're going to have those guys and they're going to be there for us. And they have confidence that, you know, we're not just going to abandon them or move on to the next shiny piece that comes along. 
And also, Dilling, we, we talked with the rugby, rugby team earlier in the year of being a club team. You, you don't have that benefit of scholarships or the benefit right. of, you know, getting these guys. And you talk about the Wild West NIL and stuff like that. These guys are doing it. And now you've got to come you – know, like rugby, you know, and this is no knock on rugby. Love rugby. Love watching it. You know, these are guys banging on a, on a field. You're asking your guys, hey, come – Put these skates on. You know, it's like you're skating, playing ice hockey, and doing it at a club level. And and going into that, how much of this, you know, the guys that come here and play, what's the likelihood or the percentage of the guys that are on your team or in your league, you know, move up through the ranks and end up getting to the pro level? Yeah, it's, you know, it just kind of depends. So hockey is exploding in North America, and there's obviously a lot of opportunities overseas. Um, You know, ACHA players making it to the NHL is extremely rare, Um, probably just a few cases uh, across the board. But, you know, we've had a number of players in the past that have played minor pro hockey, whether that be, you know, the the SPHL or the Federal Hockey League. Easton Oliver played, you know, overseas a little while too. Um, You know, you see guys when you're looking at these pro rosters that have played ACHA hockey, um, whether for our program or programs that we played against. So it's definitely a possibility, but, you know, 99% of guys that are playing are going to be, you know, accountants or um, doctors or engineers, you know, those type of things. And so, that's a big emphasis in our program is yes, we want to win hockey games. And yes, you know, I want you guys to become better and enjoy the hockey side of things, but we're pushing these guys to, you know, be successful young men too, right. To, to have success when they start their careers, to make sure they're doing what they need to do to have success in the classroom. Um, and so, you know, those types of thing are a big emphasis for us. And I think it's a benefit for guys to, to not only get to continue to play hockey, but to have a little bit more structure um, and someone to lean on to kind of help them um, build those steps towards success while they're a student athlete. And y'all, you know, from the time you started coaching to where you're at now in the league and, and there was talks, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, if it's a for sure thing you're moving up in, in divisions, you know, Talk about that part of it and, and talk about where you're moving up to, but yet how close are y'all from potentially where you could be like on the NCAA level, like like kind of giving a perspective. Sure. Yeah, so after, you know, 17 years now of success at the uh, D3 level, um, ACHA D3 level, um, especially recently with so many, you know, nationals appearances and, you know, a runner-up and a frozen four, um, we kind of took a step back and looked at the growth of hockey in just in our area um, and our program and made the decision to move up into division two. Um, so that's a big step for us. It's a step in the right direction for the growth of the program. You know, we've had a lot of success. Now it's time to push ourselves even further. Um, so we're really excited. It's going to look a lot different. You know, you, you unfortunately we might lose some of the rivalries that we have with these other D three teams. Um, we might, uh, you know, have to bring on a little bit more travel, especially early on while we're trying to establish ourselves. But, and you know, the players get better, the speed gets faster, the hockey gets 
you know, to become a better product. And so I think our fans are really going to be excited. Um, there may not be any more of those, you know, 18 to one drubbings, um, that, that happen every once in a while. But, uh, I think that's a good thing. I don't like coaching those games. Our players don't like playing those games. So, um, I think it's going to be a really big move for our program as far as, you know, NCAA hockey, that's the end goal. I think for everybody, um, to eventually, you know, grow the game to where, you know, we can have a team, not just at Arkansas, but, you know, OU has a really good program. Georgia has a really good program. South Carolina, you know, these SEC schools, Big 12 schools are growing their programs and not just the product on the ice, but, you know, the credibility, the professionalism, the presentation of everything um, to show these schools, you know, we're not just a bunch of guys who showed up and want to play. It's, you know, there's a lot of thought and growth that goes into this. Um, We're a long ways away from that here, you know, maybe a 20 year, 20 year plan. Um, There's a lot that goes into that, right? So we would need an NCAA facility, which is probably, you know, $15 million on the cheap side. Um, You know, you would need to figure out what you're going to do with your scholarships. Are you going to have a men's and a women's team? How does that work with title nine? Um, I definitely think there's an interest. And if you put a hog on something, you know, people are going to love it instantly. I think attendance would do really well here in say hockey is one of, you know, one of the only profitable sports in the NCAA. It's kind of football, basketball, hockey, baseball, in some places are the only profitable ones. So that's another thing here um, that I think would be beneficial, but, you know, as well as we're doing, we're still a long ways off from in say hockey in Fayetteville. And talking about the fandom, you know, when did you really start to notice you're, you're talking about putting a hog on something and, you know, you're a hockey club. And, you know, the five years that I've been doing the podcast and following the team, I've seen it grow. You know, when did you really see things start catching on? And, and when did it really, like, shock you? Like, okay, you know, we're not officially, officially part of the u- university, but yet we are a club team. And just seeing yeah. the fandom and seeing the support, how cool has that been? It's awesome. And, you know, it's incredible, really, because, you know, we go on the road and we'll play, you know, a, a good hockey team, you know, that that's had having a lot of success, has had a lot of success. And for whatever reason, you know, there's 20 people and families there, you know, and and then, you know, that same team might turn around and play us on the back half of the season. And we've got 500, 600 people going nuts at our games. And, um, you know, it, it's just, it's crazy to see the support that we get. It's amazing to get it. You know, I think, I mean, even when I was in school here and, you know, 2010, the program's a few years old and there's 300 people there. There's people standing in line, you know, for tickets. And it's like, wow, you know, this people care about this. People are invested. And then that's continued to grow, continue to grow to where, you know, now it's funny, um, you know, you guys will put this out and someone will probably comment, well, they're a club team, you know, they're a club team. And then it used to be like, you know, me like, oh, well, yeah, but we're putting in a lot of work to this. And now they'll get five comments back saying, mm-hmm. yeah, they are, but they work their asses off, mm-hmm. sorry, work their butts off um, to to be successful. And all of that without the shiny toys and, and the million dollar facility and the scholarship. So, um for the people to come out and support us in person at games to buy the jerseys when we do the jersey sales to, you know, 
everything. Support us on our social medias, repost, help spread, tell their friends to come to games. It just means a ton um, because this thing continues to trend upward. And, you know, as long as people want us to succeed and come support us, you know, we'll keep doing our best to to put a good team on the ice. And you talked about the, the social media aspect. I mean, I followed y'all in the national tournament, you know, with the Facebook Live. You know, just that one tool alone, showing your games on Facebook. And I, I can't remember what the peak was, but, man, there were so many people that would tune in. And I believe y'all are playing at like 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock in the morning. This, this yeah. was not a, a midday game. This was like 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. I want to say there was like almost 1,000 people watching. You know, that right there shows – the growth yeah. of your program. And I know that had to be cool as well because you couldn't see the fans in the stands, but yet to hear right. afterwards, we had a lot of people tuning in on Facebook at seven o'clock in the morning. I know that had to make your yeah. team smile. It was, you know, uh, I look back, especially, you know, um, the COVID year when we were in Michigan, very minimal fans allowed long way from home games are at weird times. Just, I was just a weird season in all of it itself, but having, you know, the ACHA guys come up to me and say, you know, when you guys play our broadcast triples or, you know, we went from 150 viewers to 700 viewers when your game came on or, or whatever, like it means a lot. Like our guys that do our broadcast at home on YouTube, um, they crush it, right? They, they have gotten better each year um, with their professionalism, with the presentation, but you know, we get compliments from opposing teams, fans and parents about our broadcast. You know, you check the viewership and we may have had 500 people in the game at the game. And then we had another 750 to a thousand who watched it live. Um, so, you know, that's, that's cool. And not, you know, not a lot of hockey teams in, at the ACHA level can boast that type of support and uh, interest in the program. So it's special. And you're kicking off your, you know, the second half of your season this Friday and just talk about, you know, the importance we're talking about, you know, moving up and the potentially of you would love to have, you know, better facilities. Of course, every program would, you know, how much does that support? How much does all of that go into, you know, hey, we really want you to come out. We're, we're seeing our numbers. We're seeing this because when sponsors come in, they're like, hey, we want to start yeah. watching this. And then you get there and there's not a seat in the house and that's exciting. But getting a bigger facility or getting more people, more room that I yeah. know that would help your team and you and fans and everybody be able to watch the game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you're talking about 10 to $20 million facilities is when it comes to ice rinks, uh, build it and they will come is not really a safe option. Right. <laughs> um, so it's the opposite, right? People need to come and they'll build it. Um, so uh, the ice time needs already there for a new facility. The Jones Center's rink is full from, you know, the time we practice at 6 a.m. till they close the doors, you know, for just the rink at 1130. The rest of the building closes at 8 or something like that. Full every day. And so the ice time needs there. Uh, so then it shows, you know, if we can continually pack our building, you know, standing room only at times, a few of the games, the stands are full. I think it, it shows – you know, whether that be the Jones Center looking to expand their rink or someone who has identified a need for Northwest Arkansas and they're looking to put a sheet in, you know, maybe Fayetteville, maybe closer to campus. That would be nice for us. Um, but it shows that, okay, well, if we were to build this, we need to keep in mind 
the viewership aspect of this. We need to make sure that we're putting enough stands um, in to support, you know, however many patrons are going to come to this. We need to make sure they have good sight lines. Um, you know, we need to make sure that Arkansas has space within the facility to have, you know, a locker room and, you know, maybe some training room or something like that to help them uh, attract athletes to continue this thing going in the right direction. So it's huge. And, and seeing, you know, the, the semi-pro or I think it was a semi-pro or I don't know what you would call it, minor league soccer, you know, seeing other sports showing interest. You've seen what minor league baseball has done in Arkansas with the Travelers and Naturals. Now you're seeing a soccer team come to northwest Arkansas. It kind of gives you hope of knowing, especially how successful right. your team has done, that it can happen. You can get those facilities. And, that, again, that's a part of the reason why we wanted really to have, you know, you come on and talk about the team because – this Friday starts the second half, but yet really could springboard into more fans, more anything, and then you could see new facilities in the near future. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as many people as we can get out to support us in the second half of the season, um, I think it, you know, that goes a long way um, to showing, you know, the people who have the power or the money or the ability or the connections, you know, there's so much. It's like, great, I could – I could talk to them blue in the face about what would be a great hockey rink for this area. I can't build it. I mean, you know, I don't have land. I don't have money for that. So, um, you know, getting in the ear or getting the exposure to the people that do um, is huge. And how's that? How do you do that? Right. You word of mouth, you get them to a game, they have a good time. You know, you put out, we, we continue to grow our social media presence. We continue to grow our, our broadcast and to where, the right eyes are getting on the product and the right amount of support is getting behind it. And then maybe, yeah, somebody comes to us and, and wants to have a conversation about, you know, what that might look like. But at the end of the day, you know, we have this weekend, we have Mizzou, the number six ranked team in the country division rival um, coming up 7:30 PM on Friday, <clears throat> three fifteen on Saturday, biggest series of our season so far. Um, we win, we win Friday. We guarantee ourselves a spot in the conference tournament in St. Louis in a few weeks. Um, you know, we win both these games. We move ourselves up in the rankings. Um, so, yes, I want to grow the program and I want to grow our footprint. But really, like, our guys need everyone out there supporting this weekend. Um, you know, give us that competitive edge. Our rink's hard to play in. The fans are right on top of you. It's loud. It's, it's a little bit shorter than regulation size, so plays happen fast. The game is fast. And so, you know, you add the crowd noise and people calling the hogs after every time you get scored on. It's an intimidating atmosphere. And, you know, I, I think it could go a long way to really help support our guys and, you know, help us get some home ice advantage against a really good hockey team coming in here um, Saturday. We and haven't had those... a lot of success in Arkansas sports with Mizzou lately. So, <laughs> yeah, we can – Everyone can use us as an outlet for their frustration. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And for those who, you know, are not able to to make it to the game, I know you said you had a YouTube channel, and, and I've watched you on Facebook Live. So, you know, talk about those two outlets where people can tune in and, and watch y'all play on Friday and, and Saturday. Yeah. So we will um, post on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We'll post the link um, to our YouTube channel roughly 30 minutes before puck drop each day. Um, you can also search Razorback Hockey on YouTube, and it's the first thing that pops up. Um, and all of our home games are live streamed on um, our YouTube channel. 
Um, usually on the road, we will set up some sort of uh, Facebook Live or link to the other team's broadcast, depending on what the facility looks like. Is there anywhere we can set this up that's going to make sense? Uh, but, you know, those options are out there. If you can't get to the game or, uh, you know, you want to see what it's like before you, you know, spend the time and energy to go down to the Jones Center in Springdale, it's an easy way, you know, just look us up on YouTube, 730, um, those guys, EJ and crew, do a great job on the broadcast. And, uh, you know, you'll you'll think you're watching, you know, ESPN. Maybe not as HD as, as ESPN, but just the quality that those guys put into is pretty awesome. And, and admission, is there any admission? Is it free? What's the admission at the gate? Yep, so admission is $5 um, at the gate, and then uh, children 12 and under are free. Uh, seating's first come, first serve. Um, there's roughly 400 to 450, depending on how packed people get in their seats up top. And then, um, we're planning on having some benches set up to where it's two rows deep standing room only around the glass. I think last year, um, our biggest crowd was about 700 people. And I mean, that thing was packed, uh, sure. Fire marshal wasn't too excited about it, but, uh, um, you know, I've seen some awesome crowds, the past couple of years and there's no reason with, you know, an sec school coming in a top, what are we 12 top 12 matchup with division implications on the line. There's no reason, you know, people can't come out and support and enjoy what they see. Enjoy a really quality hockey game. Well, coach again, appreciate you coming on, talk about the team. Good luck in the second half of the season. And hopefully we're talking about another national championship run in the near future for your program. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Um, you know, really appreciate appreciate you having us on and woo pig. Yes, sir. Thank you. Well, that was Coach Keller Sims of the Arkansas Hockey Club team. Again, be sure if you can go by the Jones Center Friday and Saturday to check them out. Uh, you just, like we talked about beforehand, sitting at 11, 3, and 1 is kind of under their standards as their program. So that shows you where they're at as a program. And, of course, anytime you can beat Missouri or play against Missouri and cheer against Missouri, that has added aspects to it, too. So, first come, first serve, $5 at the gate. You can't ask for a better. I know the weather's been kind of uncooperative earlier in the week uh, with people being snowed in the roads. But we're going to take a quick break. After the break, Adam's going to join me. We're going to talk about some notable things happening around Arkansas and kind of preview the game tonight at 8 o'clock against Texas A&M. Catch you after the break. Attention DOIers and home improvement enthusiasts. Are you searching for the right tools and the supplies to tackle your next project? Look no further than Mentors Hardware Store. With locations in Ozark, Alma, and Clarksville, our vast selection of hardware and building materials is sure to have everything you need. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or building a new deck, most of our knowledgeable staff is always on hand to offer expert advice and guidance. And with our competitive prices and convenient online ordering, Metters Hardware Store is your one-stop shop for all your DIY needs. Visit us today and let's build something amazing together. Are you in need of legal representation? Look no further than the law offices of Robertson, Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson. As the oldest law firm in the River Valley, we have been serving our clients for over 100 years with locations in Ozark, Fort Smith, and Springfield. Our experienced team of attorneys provide expert guidance and advocacy in a wide range of legal areas, including personal injury, family law, criminal defense, and more. Trust in our history and experience to get the results you deserve. 
Contact the law offices of Robertson Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson today at 479-782-8813. That's 479-782-8813. Are you looking for a place to grab a cold drink and some delicious food? Look no further than Arkansas Brewing Company. Located at 201 South 1st Street in beautiful downtown Ozark, our establishment offers a wide selection of craft beers and tasty eats. But what sets us apart is our welcoming atmosphere and friendly staff. At Arkansas Brewing Company, you'll always feel like part of the family. So visit Destiny and Christopher Brockett and staff today and see for yourself what makes us the go-to spot for locals and visitors alike. Arkansas Brewing Company, come for the drinks and stay for the friends. Searching for premium brewery products that will take your daily routine to the next level? Look no further than Sterling Soap Company. Our handmade soaps, aftershaves, and balms are made with only the finest ingredients that give you the ultimate grooming experience. With a variety of scents to choose from, there's something for everyone. Plus, our products are crafted in small batches to ensure the highest level of quality. So why wait? Visit www.sterlingsoap.com or visit our retail store at 16 West Walnut Street in Paris, Arkansas. Shop our collection and discover the difference for yourself. Upgrade your grooming routine with Sterling Soap Company. And welcome back to the Hog Talk Podcast. Uh, Adam joins us now. Adam, I know you wasn't here to catch uh, Coach Keller Sims on. We were talking about, you know, this is the growth of the hockey team. Mm-hmm. And so how surprising they're sitting at eleven and three, and that's a, that's a down first half for them. I know you've you've followed the hockey team for a while as well, and just you know your thoughts on that team and they're moving up into the division next season, I believe. So you know, just what's your thoughts on the team and moving into the second half? Yeah, I'm excited for them uh, moving up to see you know kind of where they start stacking against better competition, if you will. Um, you know, I have followed them for several years now. Um, I've watched, I don't know, countless games on YouTube and Facebook Live, and, it, and it's crazy to see the numbers growing like they have because mm-hmm. for so long you post, um, you know, the hockey score, there's a hockey game tonight. You you still get folks that are like, Arkansas has a hockey team. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we do. Um, they've also, you know, been to their national championship, and, they've you know, you start naming off their accolades, and people are like, whoa. You know, they're, they're shocked at it because, you know, you don't hear much about hockey in Arkansas. But, um, you know, it's a I, I did catch the tail end. And, you know, the games that I've watched uh, at the Jones Center are definitely faster paced than other places. Um, so it's one of those things that it's, you know, it's an exciting game. Yeah. And we're talking about just the Jones Center and, and people going in there and they're wanting to someday you know get get their own facilities and how important it is but I told him about the time that they played some game at like seven o'clock in the morning and there was like almost a thousand people on the mm-hmm. Facebook live feed I mean that right there shows you and Adam honestly when we're talking about this hockey club program how many other programs affiliated with Arkansas can we say the same thing about it? you look at the soccer program the women's mm-hmm. basketball program you know the football program even when they were down and out and you go to nine wins I mean just the growth and how easy it is to get people involved intrigued and then start attending the games now you're seeing all these women's sports that are breaking attendance records mm-hmm. and season ticket holder records and I think the same thing can be said about the the hockey team and it would be cool for them to get a, a newer facility or if they mm-hmm. expand the Jones Center yeah, uh, it's something that, you know, Arkansas fans, 
they want to see a, a good product, whether it's on the court, on the field, on the ice. And so, you know, with the work that the hockey team has put in um, that you can see on the ice and then their, you know, their victories, their products they put out there. I mean, it's, you know, it's something that they deserve the attention that they get. They deserve a lot more than they've already gotten. And moving on to, to the game tonight, uh, Coach Z 24 minutes ago just put out that the Aggies second leading rebounder and third leading scorer, Henry Coleman of the third is in street clothes on the, on the court, but if that goes anything like football, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it seems They're, like even when you mention the, the backups in, or one, and I remember there was a game last season it was like that. They had two guys mm-hmm. out, and they still put up 20, or the, their backups or their reserves put up 20 points each. But that is a significant deal for this game just because of the importance of tonight's win. You have to, have to, have to win this game. Yeah, it's, um, you know, we're now at the backs against the wall. This is going to be the potential turning point. Um, I know they, I saw posted to earlier today, I forget where, the, the last, you know, four seasons under Muss, where he's been at to start the SEC and those turnarounds after the first four or five games. But, you know, we're to a point that um, if you want any chance, you know, at postseason, and that's postseason, whether it's NIT or the NCAA tournament, you know, you've got to start winning some games now. And, and that's the thing. I'm, and I'm not calling them, you know, excuses. But when does – and I don't know how to put it, whether it's worry or you're, you're running out of, okay, they were at this point this time last year. Look where they were at two years ago. Look where they were at three. When do those start running dry? You know, I think it's one of those that that's something that – Media fans, they're always going to resort back to, you know, going back to what happened last year, the year prior. That's just going to be until they come in and, you know, when they're undefeated at this point, you know, it's one of those they, they don't look behind anymore. Yeah, and that's that's what – because I've seen, you know, like the past week or so, mm-hmm. you know, definitely everybody is like, well, you know, look where they were in 2021 or 2022 and they went to the Elite Eight or look where – but you got to sit there and look at that roster. What's this roster doing to prove that things are going to be different? You've seen glimpses of Joe. You know, you've seen what Jalen Williams, you've seen what J.D. Note done. You've seen when you had a score, you had those dogs on your team, Mason Jones, that a guy that could get you 20-30 on any given night. We don't really see that. I mean, we see mm-hmm. it in Sparks. And we know kind of the talents there, but we've not seen that, okay, when Minifield gets on the court or Battle gets on the court, we know he's going to get us 20. That's going to have to be the turning point. If, if mm-hmm. one of those players or two of those players start stepping up to where you know when they step on the court they're going to give you 20 at least or 17 to 20 points a pop, that's where that confidence starts building of, okay, we got to win this one, but then you've already got to be like, we got to win the next one. Tonight's game is kind of like putting that, that that piece of cardboard or that piece of wood underneath your tire when you're stuck. This is just the start. Winning tonight's game proves that, okay, now let's move forward because, you know, you look at the next three games after that, you got South Carolina, Ole Miss, and Kentucky. You, you need to win two out of those three heading into the Kentucky game because you know it's going to be – I mean, Saturday at 5 p.m. on ESPN, you play Kentucky. 
on, on the 27th. You know, tonight's game is that important because, one, it, it starts that, okay, we, we know that we can bounce back, but that just makes the South Carolina game just as important because you're proving, one, that, okay, yeah, we bounced back. Now you got to keep going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. You can't win tonight and then turn around and lay an egg against South Carolina. But again, that's a tall task. They're fourteen and two and two and one in conference. Mm-hmm. That's what makes this 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 year so bad. Is when you're looking up at where you're at, you're not playing a bottom half of the SEC for the remaining of the season. You're playing a lot of teams above you because of the fact that when you're sitting there just ahead of Missouri and Vanderbilt, that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, you think that this little stretch right here, and it's not little by any means, going back to, let's say, the football season. And I'm not trying to directly compare what happened in football to what's happening in basketball, but, you know, there was that the gauntlet, murderer's row, whatever you wanted to call it during the football season that Arkansas had. And, you know, I feel like that that's what we're pretty much about to be looking at for SEC play right here. We're in that stretch that they've got to come in and prove something, especially, you know, we're two weeks away from February and then we're kind of in no man's land um, after that, besides, you know, just out and out winning the conference tournament to guarantee a way in. Um, So it's one of those that they've got to start now. They've got to turn things around now. And and as much as you, you, you want to shy away from comparing it to the football season, this is exactly where they're at. You know, you look at these four games. You're looking at this gauntlet because other than the Texas A&M game, it is a gauntlet. You know, playing at Oxford is no easy task. South Carolina, again, what we talked about, their record and where they're standing at. Kentucky's always tough. This is just to get this again. This is just to keep you from just flat out giving up on the rest of the season. And that's the thing. Like, look – there's been talk about, well, don't talk about these players or don't talk about that, but there's going to be a time where they have to prove that they want to win. They have to prove that they can come together. There has to, It's a give and take. And, again, we talked about on Sunday and not going after anybody personally on a personal level or calling out somebody individually on a personal level. But this team needs to shape it up. They need to, they need a kick in the ass because – especially if you lose tonight at home against a team that you're supposed to win against. I tell you what, come come the game. I mean, if this thing doesn't turn around, you come to this game against Kentucky, you'd be lucky to have 10,000 people in the arena, and that's unheard of giving the opponent. Yeah, and it's funny looking back. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, um, you know, this summer going into the uh, early part of the season, beginning of school teams were still like kind of finding themselves a fuel. I mean, we were looking at Kentucky this summer. I think at one point early in the summer, they had seven guys on their roster and it was, you know, they didn't know who they were going to get. They didn't know, you know, what kind of team they were going to put out there. And then here they are. 
doing what, you know, not always Calipari does, but they're up there. They're beating teams. There's no reason that, you know, they probably, I don't even know what they're ranked right now, but they were talking, you know, they should be top two or three mm-hmm. in a lot of people's polls. Yeah, and so, you, you just look where, where they're at. I mean, even a Kentucky team that's kind of out of whack, 12-3, and 2-1. and one. I mean, you're looking mm-hmm. at so many, you know, Ole Miss is sitting at, Fifteen and one, two and one. South Carolina fourteen and two, two and one. That that's not what you want to see on your schedule. Uh, so I'm looking at the next five games, and two of them. Well, only one of those are like winnable ish games on based on the way you're playing. You look at Missouri on the thirty first because they're sitting right there just above Vanderbilt, but. Again, the team's playing just like the football team. There, there's no guaranteed wins. There, you can look at Vanderbilt and Missouri and, and look, you, you don't need to give Missouri any more confidence, and that's what me and Keller was talking about right there at the tail end. I, I know you probably caught that part of it mm-hmm. when, when it comes to playing Missouri. You don't want to give those guys any more ammo more than what they already have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I look at the uh... – uh, us looking at who's going to be the leader, who's going to step up. I don't care if it's Devo. I don't care if it's um, Brazil. I don't, you know, at this point, it doesn't matter who it is. Just somebody exactly. needs to. Exactly. Um, it doesn't have to be a, a veteran. It can be, you know, somebody, obviously everybody's basically new to the team, but it can be, it could be Layden Blocker mm-hmm. for all we care. I mean, just somebody, you just go out there on the court and just have that court presence to, you know, command your team because there's guys that just, I mean, when they're on the court, when they're on the bench, they're just not with it. Yeah. And that's the big thing, you know, you see, you know, the mix up and, and where Musselman said that, you know, blocker and, you know, opinion is going to be getting some more minutes tonight. Mm-hmm. He might start them. You, you don't know. Um, you know, you don't, I'm looking at trying to look up the, the, see if they've posted the, uh, Starting lineup right now on the stats broadcast. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, they don't. Hold on. Let me look and see. No, they just have the full roster. They don't have a starting mm-hmm. lineup uh, posted on the game. But you you don't know who he's going to start. Um, and I'll I'll put put this up here right quick. Well, it's one of those things if a player gets their feathers ruffled or whatever because of lesser playing time than they've had so far this season or not starting or whatever, you know, there's been nothing proven by the record to justify anybody having an issue with, you know, sitting on the bench. If it's not working, then try, keep rotating, keep changing until something works. Yeah. Um, you're looking here, right here at the, at the points. They're scoring four points of three, four points less than you. They're shooting five points percentage less than you. Worse at three-point percentage. Worse by a little bit on, on the free throw line. They're out-rebounding teams, and they're doubling up. That's That could be the biggest key is the offensive boards. They're double mm-hmm. doubling you up on, on the offensive rebounds. Um, that is where – and they don't convert that many – two less turnovers a game. So – you can take all the field goal percentages and stuff, but if you're getting out rebounded, especially on the you know the offensive boards, doubled up, and that turns into second chance points, 
you got to have some. That's what I've noticed is that they're lacking that big inside presence where people are afraid to go inside, you mm-hmm. know, and, and and dominate. And and what's crazy is when they played Purdue, they they shut Eddie down. You know, it's and then when they played against Duke, you know, they played up for the challenge. And I think they need to play up even if this team is even with you or lower than you. You got to start playing mm-hmm. up challenge because you're going to be the bottom of the barrel and looking up at all the teams. Yeah, they're six in the or second in the nation in blocks, but you know, a lot of that's um, just the the length. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily everybody like driving in. And there's several positions that we get you know, a couple of blocks on one position. Yeah. Um, but, you know, before, like with Jalen and the presence of this guy is going to take a charge if I drive into the paint, you know, or getting my shot blocked. But still that that unknown was there. The uncertainty was there for the defender. So the paint was protected. Yeah. But, you know, which I know they've changed a lot of the rules in the NCAA, and I like to call them the Jalen Williams rules. Exactly, yeah. Um, because they directly – changed as a result of him taking charges and so they had to figure out okay how can we not favor the defender so much in this and so it's harder to take charges now but at the same time you've got to you know i'd I'd rather you get offensive fouls for trying or defense i've already you take a block for trying Mm -hmm. than just not be in the paint at all because you're too scared well and that's the thing too you know, every sport we can look at is geared toward offense. You look at football, basketball, baseball, if they're juicing the balls or the bats, you know, they're trying to make everything more toward the offensive um, part of the, the, the game. And when a defender is having to look down to make sure he's in that little halo area, and then now, especially in D1, NBA, mm-hmm. you know, how the speed of the sport is. I mean, you shouldn't have to do that. Get in position and take the block. Now, if the guy's already in the air and then you try to come over, I think 100% of the time that should be a defensive foul because that's playing into the safety of the game. If you know – but also, on the other hand, when the offensive guy goes up for a layup and his arm is already out like here, yeah, you – create. but to me that gives a disadvantage to the defensive player because Mm -hmm. the offensive guy has so much advantage of he can go up with this this arm – and if you're not really just paying attention, you can't see if the arm's extended. You can't see if the guy's pushing off. You know, there's just so much. And uh, Coach, I think it was was it Coach Barnes at Tennessee was one of the ones mm-hmm. that, that was leading the charge. Yep, 100%. See, <laughs> to change the charge rule because, you know, and he – I remember him speaking out against that, but it's part of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, the guys are going into the lane out of control and he's moving and he's set and he's getting a charge. And they've, you know, everything's changed, you know, changed over the years. Going back to the NBA in the 90s, um, you know, Vladi Divac made a career out of flopping, um, taking charges and whatnot. So then they changed those rules. And, you know, then we got to, and we're now to the point that the defender was given too much space, essentially. And so now let's shrink that down. I mean, really, like just looking back at some of the offensive changes that I've noticed, you know, now they're starting to call more, you know, the the offensive player for kicking that leg out when they're taking a jump shot to create contact. But in reality, you're just taking everything possible, not everything possible, but you're taking so much away from the defender, just like in football, that you're now changing how these guys have played the game. Well, there, there was a, the, you, I'll, I'll say something on the basketball, I'll move quickly to the football part of it. You know, you're also seeing guys when they come down from the shot, 
then they fall down because the guy didn't give them enough room to land. It's like, mm-hmm. like now guys are automatically, they're landing on the ground, they just fall down. It's like, where, where's that part of the game? And then the football. There was a play. I can't remember what team it was. The guy went low and hit him in the leg. But they're like, that's a dirty hit. That's a dirty play. And I'm like, no, it's not. If he would have went high and hit him in the head, okay. But it's the fact that you just because he lowered his head, he's going for the legs, going for the knees, it was dirty. He hit him with his shoulder pads. But mm-hmm. also, what do you want the guy to do? How do y'all – do you want it to be flag football? Do you want it to be two-hand touch? I, I mean – You've got guys out there. We're talking about the speed of the game. You got grown mm-hmm. men out there flying around. I, and again, I don't want to hear nothing about the safety of the game until they change the safety equipment. Guys are coming out there in freaking shorts. They they don't even have knee pads no more. So if you really want to change the safety of the game, make them start wearing actual football pants with knee pads, and and not worry about guys that are sitting there with them Meemaw shirts on with the shoulder pads in them, you know, the little foam things. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's – you can't sit – I mean, for heaven's sakes, freaking um, Patrick Mahomes' helmet cracked. It, it was so cold, and mm-hmm. that was clearly helmet-to-helmet contact. Nothing was called. You know, it's just – you got to sit there, and, and, and you can't call everything a dirty play just because someone got hurt. It, when you hear happens. the – you know, especially you hear a lot of it from the defenders – um, you hear it a lot from the retired quarterbacks um, on the changes that were made or that have been made over the years. And I mean, defenders, they're not, I'm not, they're not afraid obviously, but they've had to change the way they play so much mm-hmm. um, that they can't do what they were brought up to do. Um, I looking back being a Baltimore fan, um, you're never oh, yeah. going to see, you know, a Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, like, you know, we're not going to see that again. Yes, Baltimore's defense right now is doing something that the previous didn't. But at the same time, you don't have those caliber of players, the hard hit. I mean, Tom Brady himself said if Ray Lewis was in the game, he's not throwing over the middle because he needs his receiver. Exactly. Because he knows that he's going to take out his receiver. So yeah. that's something now. I mean, players are so afraid to, are they too high? Are they too low? I mean, they're having to pull up as they're going to hit a quarterback or they're going to hit a receiver or whoever because they're afraid of getting penalized or kicked out of a game. And and making a jump on a ball to where, in, in reality, you had a chance to get an interception, make a jump on the ball, make a read, a tackle, prevent a first down, or take one to the house. Now you're having to calculate in your head, do I run now? Do I stop? But that fraction of a second – or that second can be the difference between you making a tackle or you misjudge it, and now they're scoring. Now, you look like you haven't done your job, but you have to sit there. Offensive guy just needs to worry about, all right, running the right route, turning, catching, and then where's the defenders? Mm-hmm. Defender has to worry about, all right, is this going to be before, after? You know, it, it's there's a lot of – we. I mean, we can make a whole show mm-hmm. on, on what needs to be changed with pro sports, but – you know, it's just funny how people throw these scenarios out there when a guy was making a good play. Mm-hmm. So, but we're pushing up on thirty minutes until game time. Um, Adam, again, you know, we can't we can't stress enough how important this game is. Do, do you see Arkansas bouncing back and, and winning this game? Yes. 
I'm going to go out on a limb and say <laughs> yes. I think that this is the game with all of the media talk, the fan talk, um, as frustrated as we've seen Mus in press conferences. Um, I think this last blowout is basically the straw that broke the camel's back. So this game right here, I think they come out and play. We we see a different level of just intensity than we've seen so far this year because that's something big that's been lacking. Yeah, I, I'm I'm I want to lean toward the same way just because it's like it's another one of those snow games where the fans are involved, ten dollar tickets to get in. You know, you've seen crazy things when when campus is shut down. There's a basketball mm-hmm. game going on, but also. My biggest concern is if he's making some big-time changes and changing things up again, how the players are going to respond to that. Because, look, you you, you can't let Texas A&M come in here and take control of this game because of a decision the coach made based on how you're playing as a team. Mm-hmm. Th- well, that, and that, these guys, you know, you got to look at it like, okay, the coach is making changes – I can either adapt Mm -hmm. or I can sit back and let's just say whine about it. And then, you know, how is that going to look to a future team, a future coach, whatever level you want to go to, whether it's overseas, NBA, whatever, you know, it's kind of one of those things that you can huff and puff, but you've got to be able to show that you're a team player. Exactly. And so are you going to, are you going to man up with it? Are you just going to sit back and let whatever happened happen? Well, we'll find out here shortly, a matter of 30 minutes. Like I said, you know how things go down, and we'll definitely be discussing that on Sunday. And hopefully for the sake of – it's crazy. We keep on making this narrative about the football team, but it's, we're here we're in the same boat. You know, hopefully we're talking about an Arkansas basketball win on Sunday, and we'll discuss all the other things that are going around. Again, before we leave, you know, if you weren't catching us before the – the first half, you know, if you're out and about on Friday and Saturday, go by the Jones Center. Go watch the Arkansas Hockey Club take on Missouri. 3 o'clock on Saturday and 7.30 p.m. on Friday. $5 at the door. If you can't make it, they're going to show it on YouTube and Facebook. But for presented to you by Bet Online, Arkansas Brewing Company, and Sterling Soap and Roastery Studios, I'm Porter Hayes and Adam Hall, and we will catch you on Sunday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.